Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Welcome to Crossridge. I'm Trish, and we're so glad that you have joined us today. I just want to start by wishing you a Merry Christmas, and I hope that you had a great Merry Christmas. And also, congratulations on making it to the end of 2020. Can <laughs> you believe that we are here finally? I want all of you right now to give yourselves a pat on the back. Right now, just like this, kids, join in. You can give yourselves a round of applause. You have earned it and you deserve it because, man, it has been quite a year. But, you know, it hasn't been all bad. I'm sure that there has been some good mixed in. We just didn't really hear about that so much um, because there was just so much that seemed, you know, to be happening this year. So, um, you know, I thought maybe we could talk about um, the future and what 2021 holds and all about our New Year's resolutions. And then I just kind of thought maybe we just might need to take some time to reflect on this past year and kind of just look to see where God showed up and maybe uh, what he did, what he didn't do. You know, let's not just kind of toss this year aside and, and look to the future. So um, I thought we'll, we'll just be a little reflective today. So let's pray and then we're going to get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for every person who is joining us. Lord, I ask that um, you are just opening, opening hearts up, Lord, that you are going to use the words that I believe that you have given me, Lord, that you are already working in the lives of the people who are joining us. And Lord, um, we just ask that you would bless this time that we have together, that you would just continue to work and move. And um, Lord, just have your way with us here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I just want to remind you as we get started that we have service hosts for all the platforms. So whether you're on the online platform, if you're joining us on Facebook or YouTube, we have hosts and they really do want to chat with you. So I encourage you to, to chat with them, to share with them throughout the message. If, if something, you know, you want to just share with them, they would love to, to talk with you. So, all right, New Year's resolutions. You know, I used to spend some time thinking about what my New Year's resolution was going was gonna to be and, um, you know, what I was going to change, what I was going to give up, how I was going to get healthier, you know, get into shape. I think that's usually one of the top ones, you know. And then I started thinking, like, what does that even mean, get into shape? And I have come to realize that round is a shape, so we are all good. <laughs> but here is a statistic that I found. 80% of us who make New Year's resolutions fail before February 1st. 80%. I would be in that 80% category. Um, 8% of you, and I say you because I'm not included in this 8%, actually make it the entire year with your New Year's resolution. That is quite an accomplishment. And so you should give yourself another round of applause. <laughs> but here's something else I have learned through the years. Um, Every day brings with it an opportunity to change. We don't have to wait for New Year's Day to start to change. And I don't need to wait and make a resolution when I recognize that there's something in my life that I need to be doing differently today. Doesn't have to wait. 
Today is a gift and tomorrow is not promised. And so I hope and pray that you have not tried to get through this year that we have had without Jesus. But I know that there are so many of us who, who did. And, you know, just because you have that relationship with Jesus, life does not just automatically become perfect, but it certainly can become more peaceful. And I know that I've heard lots of questions about where God has been this year. And, um, but believe me when I tell you that he has been right there with each of us going through it all with us. He may not have calmed the storms like you wanted him to, um, or even how you prayed for him to calm those storms, but he is with us. He remains faithful and trustworthy. And the good news is that if you've turned from your relationship a little bit with him, or if you've been dragging your feet to start your relationship, today could be your day. This past year, Pastor Kevin spoke to us about um, some miracles uh, that had taken place with Jesus. And one of the stories that we talked about was how Jesus calmed a storm. So basically, Jesus puts his disciples into a boat and sends them ahead of him. And the wind starts to blow on the lake. And Jesus realizes that the disciples are struggling against the wind and the waves. So Jesus walks upon the water towards the disciples in the boat, and they actually think that they're seeing a ghost. So Jesus says to them, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbs into the boat and the wind stops. And so what I want us to notice in this is the order in which it all happened. Jesus calms the disciples before he actually calms the storm. He tells them not to be afraid and to take courage. He is there. He's with them. Have you noticed this in your own life? I know I have this past year. The storms keep coming and Jesus chooses to calm us instead of the storm. And I think that we could agree that when we're usually praying about things, um, we usually tend to pray about the storms and that God would do something with the storms, fix our situation, um, maybe take a stressful event out of our lives. But we don't usually pray for him to calm us first. Uh, now, you may do that, which is awesome. I am not quite there yet. <laughs> um, and so I think that sometimes God is more interesting in growing our character than he is in changing our circumstances. It's important to remember that whatever we're going through, we really only have control over our responses, which sometimes look like our reactions. Wouldn't it be great if we could practice acceptance um, of where we're at at any given moment and try to just remain calm all by ourselves? Uh, I know that I'm not always... Uh, it doesn't always look that way in my life. I'm not always able to calm myself or to keep calm. And so I do really need Jesus to help calm me. I, I don't, I know that I couldn't do it without him. Um, I don't, I just don't do a great job on my own. And so the storms may or may not change, but if we allow God to change our hearts and allow him to work on changing us from the inside out, maybe we will find that the storms don't cause as much chaos in our lives. And that actually provides me with a lot of hope to think, you know, that I can remain peaceful in the midst of whatever storm comes my way. Wouldn't it be great to have that peace wash over us instead of all the worry and anxiety that is kind of going on in our world right now? 
Philippians 4, 7 says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love that picture. I, I just think it's beautiful. Experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. It's funny. I think sometimes we are really good at describing how worry and anxiety look in our lives, but I don't think that we always recognize what peace looks like in our lives. And some of us have not had peace in a really long time. And I really hope that you have been able to experience some of God's peace this year because we all need his peace. And I wonder sometimes, would we even recognize that peace when it comes to us? Maybe, um, maybe we would recognize the absence of the dread that we've had or the, you know, the, the crushing pain that we feel in our chest sometimes because we're carrying so many heavy things around with us. And so maybe for you, peace looks like the absence of, and that's how you would know that you had God's peace. Peace in the middle of whatever storm is coming your way. And I hope that you've been able to experience that peace in your life. I mean, we have been living through a pandemic <laughs> and we continue to live through this pandemic. Um, we have had some really passionate discussions about wearing masks and we've been labeled essential or non-essential. And who is even in charge of labeling us? Like who is who? We've become teachers and principals. Uh, some of us, I think, have even become truancy officers. <laughs> Hopefully not, but I just have a feeling. Um, we've lost our jobs. People have, have lost their incomes, businesses. We've known grief like never before. We have su survived a Sharknado. Just kidding. It was just a presidential election. That was enough. We've shown through um, social media that we can be really passionate about things. We've learned that our chaotic schedules, um, that we were keeping, maybe things were not as important as we once thought that they were. I think that we've been able to connect with families again. Uh, maybe you've had Sunday dinners. And I think we've had actual telephone conversations and not just texting. We've noticed that uh, keeping up with the Joneses was not really necessary. But we've been through a lot of loss and fear and lots of unknown, lots of storms, but we are still here and God is still in charge. When all this started back in March, uh, my husband and I were very concerned about the future of his job. My husband, Joe, works for a company called Bonnie Plants, and it's the word, weirdest job ever, but it, it works for us. Uh, he works from February 20th to July 20th. Uh, every single day, he works for those five months, and then he's off for the next seven months. So he delivers like um, fresh plants and flowers and garden items to like big box stores or mom and pop shops here in Illinois and in Iowa. And so when all this was happening, things were changing every single day. And what rules there were in Illinois was not necessarily what was going on in Iowa. So he had to figure out uh, what two states were actually doing with all of their COVID restrictions. Um, but from day to day, he did not know if the garden centers were going to be open, if they were going to allow him to drop off product, or if they were just closed until further notice. And so the way that his income works is that he needs to uh, make a certain amount of money on his 
for his season on his route. And then part of that money goes to pay him uh, while he's off for those seven months. And so if he doesn't make that certain amount, then there's the possibility that his paycheck goes down. And so we were praying and we had people praying for us because if his income changes, it doesn't just affect us for like a month or two, it affects us for an entire year. Uh, so his paycheck would not change until the following like August. And so that was a little bit scary because we get our health insurance through his job. And God blessed us a few years ago with some really great health insurance that has allowed me to go to the Cancer Treatment Centers of America for my cancer care. And it's really the best care that I could ever ask for. And so it was a little concerning to think that, you know, if something happened to his income, would we have to get rid of that insurance? Where would I go for cancer care? And I, you know, I'm, of course, I'm just sure that it won't be anywhere near what the care is that I receive up there. And so um, we were praying and, and we were concerned. And you know what? God showed up and Joe had one of the best seasons that he has had in the 10 or 11 years that he has worked for this company because people were home and they had time to garden and they were planting things. And so I don't say all that to brag on Joe or his income, but I say that to give the glory to God because I know that God's hand was, was in that and upon that. Uh, Pastor Kevin talked to us uh, during this year about thanking God. He, he shared with us about when Jesus healed 10 lepers and only one of those lepers came back to thank him for that. So, you know, as I already said, I'm in that 80% failure rate <laughs> for the New Year's resolutions. And I did not want to be in the 90% failure rate for thanking God. Sometimes people think that, you know, because you're a pastor, that we're exempt from bad things happening to us. And that is a complete lie. We are all equal at the foot of the cross. And I know that there are tons of you that were going through similar situations this past year. And I hope that you were able to experience peace. And I hope that you were able to see God's hand working in the midst of all the storms that were going on and in your situations this year. Um, so I did mention my cancer care and my cancer journey. And I just wanted to give you guys a little update. Um, I did recently have surgery on my good leg. <laughs> wow because my right leg has had surgery so many times, they did find a very big tumor in this leg. And I, I went through a week of radiation um, to prepare my leg for surgery to help with the pain. And then I, I did have surgery. And when I woke up, uh, surgery from surgery, it was pretty excruciating. This time, the doctor needed to move my kneecap out of the way, and he put the rod in at my knee to my hip. And so uh, when I woke up, the pain was like 20 out of 10. And um, I didn't know what they were going to do, but I knew that they needed to do something because they had to get that pain under control. And so, of course, God had a plan and um, he had already worked it all out. My pain doctor was actually at the cancer center that day and he was able to come to the recovery room. He didn't have to move me anywhere else. And he was able to do a nerve block in my leg and numb my leg up. And within minutes, the pain was gone. And so I, I didn't realize that my nurse had reached out to the pain clinic looking for him. But I was so thankful that she did. But I was more grateful to God that he had a plan 
um, because I didn't know how much more of that pain I was going to be able to take. But that's what God does. He's there before we even know what we need or what to ask for. And so in the midst um, of my pain, my first thought wasn't like, oh, is the pain doctor here? Can he do a flock? Um, my, my thought was, God, I need you to take this pain away. Like, however that looks, I just need you to get that accomplished. But I'm telling you, before I even prayed, God knew what I was going to need, had it all arranged, and put it all together. He's prepared for the storms that we find ourselves in. And I know that life, it, it just throws us curveballs. But God always seems to be ahead of the game. Circumstances will continually change, but God never changes. He always keeps his promises. And he has been unwavering, even in the middle of this pandemic. We can have a secure hope and an amazing future when we have a relationship with God. Time and time again, God shows up and he proves to us that he can be counted on and trusted in the storms. I feel like at some point, God should not have to continue to prove to us that he is with us, but he does because he loves us. He wants us to know that he has, he has our best interest at heart. First John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. He is always taking the first steps towards us to love us, to provide for us, to bring peace, hope, and joy to our lives. And what do we do? Well, usually I think we question or we turn from him because the situation doesn't look like we wanted it to look or it's not in our timing. And so we turn. We, we don't think that he can be trusted, but he is faithful. He wants to change our hearts and he wants to provide us peace in the middle of the storms. Now, he didn't come to calm the storms. He came to provide the way to himself so that we could discover all that he has for us. He doesn't want us living in chaos and fear, but in love, peace, and hope, living out our faith. And faith, you know, I started thinking, does everybody even know what faith means? I mean, sometimes we start tossing around words and we just think everybody knows what we're talking about. Um, having faith is an act of trust in God. A belief in what he says is true and it results in action on our part. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Trusting in something we cannot see. I, I feel like that could be a big ask, um, to believe in something that you cannot see that moves you to make changes in your life that may not be popular in the world that we live in. But again, God is faithful. We can be faithful. You know um, what I think is a big ask? Being beaten and nailed to a cross from someone else's sins. That would be a huge ask for me. And I'm not sure that I would be very willing to participate in that. In the Old Testament, there's a story of three Jewish men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were faithful to God. Babylon had overtaken Jerusalem. And these three young men were found to be physically fit and showed great promise. So they were taken to serve in King Nebuchadnezzar's palace in Babylon. 
Now, if you don't know this story, or it's been a while since you've read it, I would encourage you to go to the book of Daniel and read it. it, it it's very interesting. Um, we're going to be looking at the third chapter of Daniel today, and I'm going to paraphrase some of it because it, um, it's kind of a long story. So we, we have King Nebuchadnezzar, who has made an image out of gold. And this image, it measures 90 feet high by 90 feet wide. So I'm thinking you can't miss it when you see it coming. Um, there's a proclamation made in Daniel 3 in voices, uh, verses 4 through 6, and it says, Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lie, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So whoever hears this music and sees this huge 90 by 90 foot golden image must fall down and worship or be thrown into a blazing furnace. This is the decree for all to follow. So there's some astrologers who, remain, uh, who, who remind King Nebuchadnezzar in verse 12. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. With this, the king is enraged. He calls for the three men and asks if when they hear the music, will they fall down and worship the golden image? Because if they won't, they will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue them from the king's hand? So starting in verse 16, we hear their response. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship your image of gold that you have set up. Now that is faith. That is trust in God. I mean, can you imagine being told that you're going to be thrown into a burning furnace or a blazing furnace if you do not worship the right God? Maybe 2020 isn't looking so bad after all. <laughs> I mean, we were minding our own business when COVID hit. It uprooted our lives. And I know even some of you felt like you were in a foreign land. And we had to make decisions. We had choices to make. Were we going to wear this mask or not? And were we going to support people who didn't agree with our, you know, if we wanted to wear a mask, were we going to agree with people who didn't? Who were we going to vote for? Who was lying to us and who's been telling us the truth? Now, I realize that there's a big difference in, you know, choosing to wear a mask or not, or who our next president is going to be uh, versus being thrown into a blazing furnace. But even thousands of years ago, like storms were still happening in the lives of the people of God. There were choices and consequences, just like we have now. Every choice has a consequence, whether good or bad. You could choose to have faith and trust, or you could choose to go it alone. These things haven't changed. And it's been a year of trials, change, and hopefully growth in our lives. 
Psalm 105, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now the king demanded the furnace be turned up seven times hotter and the three young men were tied up thrown, and thrown into the furnace. The king leaped to his feet when he realized in verse 25, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of a gods. They were taken um, out of the fire. Not a hair was singed and they didn't smell like smoke. The king declared anyone who does not worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be cut into pieces and their house be turned into a pile of rubble. For no other God could have saved in this matter. The king then promoted the three young men. And can you imagine the impact that we have on others through our faith and trust in the Lord? I'm sure these three young men had no idea what standing firm in their faith could result in. And we may never know this side of heaven, what impacts that we have had on somebody's life. That someone, that someone could be you or someone that you've been praying for, a family member. You just never know how your actions are going to affect somebody else. So what is holding you back? What lies are you believing in? Or what are you mad about God? Or what are you mad at God about? And, and why haven't you talked to him about that? I received a series of text messages over the course of a few days from a friend whose son was taken to a pediatric ICU. He was flown to Peoria, Illinois. Now they had choices. Uh, would they continue to choose their faith and trust or would they turn from God because he had allowed this to happen to their son? Would they blame God or would they continue to seek God? I received a text message that said that they would be in the hospital until the following Monday, which means that their family was going to be apart for Thanksgiving. They continued to reach out for prayer. They chose faith over fear. They chose to believe that God could still show up and change their circumstances in a heartbeat. And even if he didn't, they would continue to worship him and find hope in him and continue to love him. On Tuesday, two days before Thanksgiving, I received a text message saying that they were on their way home. This is the God that I choose to serve. A God that no matter the storm, no matter the circumstances, can show up and change our lives just like that. And even if he has other plans for our lives, I will still choose to continue to have faith, to continue to trust, to continue to hope for what can be done here on earth and hope in what eternity will bring. Sometimes it's to strengthen our faith and make us more Christ-like when we go through hardships. C.S. Lewis says, Hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. And I, for one, think that eternity is going to be one extraordinary destiny. John the Baptist was beheaded. The one who went before Jesus, beheaded to satisfy a bloodthirsty hatred. Abel was killed by his brother Cain. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain did not receive that same favor, which made Cain angry, angry enough to kill his brother. Stephen was stoned to death for calling out members of the Sanhedrin. God didn't calm their storms. It didn't end well for them. 
obviously. <laughs> but they had faith in God, faith that led to action, action that changed the lives of others. John baptized people. Abel tried to do what was right in the eyes of God. And Stephen died asking the Lord to not hold their sin against them, asking God to harden the men who were stoning him to death. Amazing faith and trust in God, no matter the outcome or the situation. Now, the good news is that if you're here listening to this today, it is not too late for you. There is still breath in your lungs, which is an awesome place to start to say that you are still alive today and you have the opportunity to change what needs to be changed in your life today. You have the opportunity to turn back to your relationship with Jesus or to start that relationship with Jesus. It's not too late. Don't go another day trying to go it alone or thinking that you've got this and, and that you don't need anybody. We all need community and we need each other. And this has been such an easy year to just push people away or to let our relationships just slowly dissolve, including our relationship with Jesus. Now, I know that some of the stories that I have shared um, have had like good endings. Uh, and there's a lot of us today who would say that we do not have a good ending and that we have not had a good year. There's been a lot of loss and people are suffering with depression and anxiety like never before. There's loneliness and isolation and so much unknown from day to day. But don't forget that we serve a God of transformation and hope. There are things to be celebrated. He can take our brokenness and turn it into something wonderful. He does truly care about us. He doesn't want us to leave us where he finds us. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't move. We do. We're the ones who turn. And today, you have the opportunity to turn back towards him. Jonah was a prophet who God... Um, asked to go talk to a foreign city about the plans that God had for their city. And they were not good plans. But Jonah disobeyed. And a series of events happened, which included Jonah being over, uh, thrown over, overboard by a frightened crew. He was swallowed alive by a fish and miraculously spit out of that fish three days later. Then Jonah decided that he was going to be obedient and he goes to talk to the city, but he was still in need of a heart change. Uh, his heart was still not good with God, but he went and did it anyway. Peter denied Christ three times, only to have Jesus proclaim, on this rock, I will build my church, meaning Peter. We all slip and fall. Getting up is what is important. I mean, I fell this year. I took my eyes off God because I was mad at him. And I felt horrible afterwards, but um, I think we've worked it out now and, and we're all good. <laughs> but one of my goals uh, for this past year was to be able to start driving again. I haven't driven since December of 2018. I feel like I've been in therapy forever. And finally, I heard those heavenly words. It was time to try. We won't know if you can drive unless you just go and try it. So I convinced my daughter uh, to take me out driving in her car. We went up to the old um, empty Walmart parking lot that we have here in town. And I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? 
I'll run into the building and I'll make the paper. <laughs> and then we'll know that it was a little too soon and that I should not be driving. But um, I did so well that she actually encouraged me to drive from the north side of town to the south side. And then I drove to the east side of town where we live. Now, it wasn't perfect, but I was driving and I was so excited. The next day, uh, Joe let me drive to therapy. So I drove there, drove back home, and I thought, I'm getting the hang of this. And finally, I had my mountaintop experience that I had waited so long for. All my hard work was paying off. I could sense freedom um, that I had not had in so long. I had been dependent on people to take me anywhere and everywhere that I needed to go. Now I was getting closer and closer to finally being able to drive myself anywhere I wanted to go. A burden I could feel just being lifted off me. There was hope and freedom and joy. Uh, but that was gonna be short-lived, very short-lived. Within the next couple of days, I started to get um, these, these weird pins and needle feelings in my hands and it progressed very quickly. So I was given medicine that uh, I didn't really feel like was working so they put me on another medicine and they actually told me to double the dose. At which point, um, my hands not only had this tingling and pins like feeling, they also were doing this and I couldn't get them to get out of this position. And so I knew something was obviously not right. But instead of calling the cancer center and telling them that it had gotten worse, I chose to be bitter and tell God exactly how I felt. I mean, how could he allow this? Like I was having such a wonderful mountaintop experience and then he took it away from me so quickly. I mean, I could barely feed myself. Uh, I couldn't get dressed by myself. I couldn't put my contacts in or out by myself. I had to get a bigger toothbrush so that I could actually hold it and brush my own teeth. I was afraid of falling. I was walking with two canes and I couldn't feel the canes in my hands any longer. And I would drop the canes just randomly and not even know I did it sometimes. Um, I was mad. I was mad at God and I told him all about how I felt. I didn't turn from him or lose faith in him. But did I mention that I told him exactly how I felt about the situation? And if you know me, you may know that I can be a little passionate about how I feel. So... You know, instead of um, doing what I knew to do, because I am a retired nurse and I knew that none of this was really making sense, I just thought I would tell God about how unfair it was and uh, what I really thought of the whole thing. And that lasted probably about three days or so. And then one morning I woke up and I kind of felt like God hit me on the side of the head. He had listened long enough and he wanted to know if I was going to continue down the same path or if I was going to finally get up and do something about it. So I thought I better get up and do something about it. So the consequences of my delayed action, of course, of not calling the doctor landed me an ER trip at the cancer center, which landed me a four hour MRI scan. And if you've ever had an MRI scan, you know, like it was horrible to be in there for four hours. Um, I had to lay very still while they did it, uh, but it did give me plenty of time to apologize to God and to pray and to just kind of sort a lot of things out. And so it actually was really good for me. But thankfully, 
I had not had a stroke and there was no brain tumor. So praise the Lord that he had taken care of all of that. It actually ended up just being the medication that I was on that was causing it all. But even in the darkest time, praying that it wasn't a brain tumor, which was causing all the issues, God never left me. He never turned his back on me when I was expressing my concerns and frustrations with him. I knew I could still count on him and place my trust and my faith in him. Again, he was able to calm me and bring peace over me, even in the storms that you know, were happening and, and that I was probably causing. And it was wonderful to have his peace again, to be back in his loving arms uh, that I had left. You know, we fall, we do, and, it, and it's okay, but we have to get back up, brush ourselves off, and continue to move forward. There is always an opportunity to turn to him. And 2020 has been hard, but I'm willing to guess that there's been some growth for you during this year. God has opened some doors for you, and yes, he has closed some doors. But don't go another day without his peace and his comfort. Make whatever changes you need to make today. You don't need to have it all together to have a relationship with him. If we did, none of us would have a relationship with him. Our hearts are not always in the right place. We don't always do or say the right things. We miss the mark. We are messy people, but God can handle it. The deepest level of worship is praising God in spite of the pain, thanking God during the trials, trusting him when we're tempted to lose hope and loving him when he seems so distant and far away. At my lowest, God is my hope. At my darkest, God is my light. At my weakest, God is my strength. At my saddest, God is my comforter. Who is God to you today? Who do you need him to be today? Are you trusting in him for what you need? The good news is, is that today there is an opportunity. Today, the storms can begin to be altered. You don't need to wait for New Year's Day. Change starts today. What are you waiting for? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you are just here with us. Lord, thank you for always taking us back. No matter what we do, what we say, Lord, just help us right now to, to lean in closer to you. Help us to put whatever it is, Lord, that, that is stopping us from having a relationship with you to the side, to lay it down, to trust you with it. Lord, for all those people who have turned from you, Lord, that you are still tugging on their hearts. Lord, that they will again turn to you. Because Lord, I, it's just so much better to do life with you than it is without you. There, you just bring so much peace and comfort. And Lord, I know we don't get it right. And I know that we don't understand a lot of it, but it's okay. And so Lord, just thank you for the ways that you continue to move, the ways that you continue to just gently nudge. And Lord, um, how you just accept us and forgive us. Lord, help us each day to strengthen our relationship with you, to see your hands and feet in all that we do and that we say, where we live, Lord. Um, and I just, I just hope that we're open to being used by you and to growing closer with you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time together. And it's in your son's precious name, I pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.
Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.